Welcome to Rethinking Youth Ministry, where each week we hope to raise the bar for youth ministry by asking questions, interviewing thinkers, and having real, honest conversations about what it looks like to lead the next generation. I'm Sarah, and sitting around the table today, we have Crystal. Hey there. Chef. Hey, everybody. And Jamie. Hey, guys. And you may remember Jamie from the podcast, How to Become a Better Speaker, but just give us a couple of sentences refreshing yeah, for people who don't know you. It's great to be back. I am one of the student pastors with North Point Ministries, and then uh, I get to leave one of the campuses, be involved in the content process, and get to work with Orange Rethink. Great. So, Jamie helped us out a ton when we began the high school camp here at Orange, and he helped our Orange curriculum teams work on student series. And you recently worked on a project called Speaking to Students yeah. that is out now at speakingtostudents.com. Yes. That's right. We're loving it. It's fun. That didn't sound sales pitchy at all. <laughs> it's really great. Though. For thirty nine For low payments. <laughs> well, today the question that we're going to be discussing is how do you measure success in your youth ministry? And we know this is important because this is how you can decide whether you're doing well or how you measure how you're doing well. So what would you guys say are some of the ways that we tend to measure success in our youth ministry? The worst way. <laughs> no, we always measure success by attendance, right? right. Or yeah. that's the number that always gets asked. How many people showed up? How many people are in your program? And that's maybe also the most frustrating thing. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that's absolutely right. And I think the level deeper is we, we measure success by comparison. So good, it's yeah. not just how big you are, but are you the biggest or are you bigger mm-hmm. than whoever it is you happen to be looking at? Which I, I think is always... Dangerous. I think of like the parable of the talents, you know, that, mm-hmm. that God measures us not by what we have, but what we do with what we have. Mm-hmm. So any words like the end in est and er, er tend to be mm-hmm. dangerous yeah. measures. I think my favorite thing about attendance is I think, though we measure most of our success by it, or we're measured, our success is measured mm-hmm. for us by that, um, is just the idea that attendance patterns really tell us more about school calendars and weather than it does spiritual growth right. at the end of the day. Right. You know, it tells us it's August or September. Mm-hmm. It doesn't tell us much more than that, you know? Right. And you mentioned that our success is measured for us. So is that yeah. pressure that's coming down, you think, from a, from upper leadership? Is that Are we putting that pressure on ourselves? I think it's a little bit of both. I think what Jamie right. said, like comparison is a huge thing uh, for student pastors. I know that that's one of the first questions people would ask me about. You know, they ask me the square footage of the room and how many kids come for whatever reason. Or you show up at, yeah, you show up at like Orange Conference, for example, Mm -hmm. you introduce yourself, it's your name, where you serve, and then inevitably be like, hey, well, how many students you guys have? Right. How many campuses? (laughs) Right. How many campuses? Yeah. Yeah. And Chef, you also said um, that's not how you measure spiritual growth, which seems to say that we're measuring the wrong thing, but what we are measuring is a metric, but it's not the most important I, metric. I don't know that we're measuring the wrong thing. Uh-huh. I think that we are maybe applying the measurement to basically figure out the wrong things. Mm-hmm. I think we should all have great data. I think we should pay very close attention to attendance because we count everybody because everybody counts, right? Isn't that what we say in church all the time? <laughs> Jamie's like, nope, don't say it. <laughs> anyway. I heard that on the Deep and Wide tour, and uh, and then I also heard it ripped on on the Orange tour. So it's oh. it's a funny little thing, but everybody does count. But not only does everybody count, 
Um, you should know who's here, how often those who's are here, what grades are here, where are we losing kids, mm-hmm. those sorts of things, you know, but we'll, we'll get into that here in a little bit as far as how we really use it. But that, I think the tension is, I think we should pay attention to these numbers, but we should apply them correctly is really, I think the tension and back to your point, when you feel like you're being measured for something that doesn't matter, that's a very frustrating thing mm-hmm. when you're coming to work every day and working hard. So. Yeah, I think that you're hinting at what has always been frustrating for me about the attendance question. I remember volunteering at a church, and we had to choose between two events, and one we felt was really effective. The other had larger attendance numbers. And what no one really drilled down to was the fact that neither really had attendance of new kids coming, but the the more attended event was kids from another church coming to join our event because they were mad that it was canceled at their church. (laughs) And so I just felt like the attendance numbers were always a little bit inaccurate. They didn't really paint the whole picture, Mm -hmm. but they also were the only thing anybody was asking for. Right. And that's frustrating. Mm -hmm. You know, another thing that people would come and visit me at my old job and they'd sit in the back of the room and they'd be like, look how many kids are here or Mm -hmm. look at those lights or what an amazing band. Mm -hmm. And I always thought you're not paying attention to the the amount of small group leaders in the room, yeah. I thought was like, that's the thing that is so important. But I've never seen, I've never been graded on how often small group leaders show up or how many small group leaders there are in the yeah. room, you know? That's so. interesting. Why do you think that there's more pressure to have a certain number of students than, than elevate the number of volunteers? I mean, I just think it's natural. I mean, yeah. That's what that we're looking at in big church is how many people are showing up. And so how many kids are showing up and, you know, we didn't collect an offering. So it wasn't right. quite, <laughs> be I think that's the other thing we might be measuring yeah. a lot of. Um, so, you know, it basically came down to the numbers. That's the thing that's most visible. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. it's when you walk into the room, that's, that's what folks see. Yeah. The other thing that I think sometimes is a, a not great measurement is particularly in smaller churches where smaller attendance might be expected. I feel like behavior can be a measure of whether you're doing a great job. Like a kid in the ministry goes and makes a bad choice and suddenly, well, what are you doing wrong? What did you do? Right. Right. And, and as the youth worker, you're going, well, I brought in an outside kid. (laughs) That's what I did. That should be a win. But sometimes it's painted as a, what are you teaching those kids? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Or I think sometimes you can really go off just the opinions of the people around you, like the three or four or five students or parents uh-huh. or the one person, your boss, who says, right. I'm happy. And so if they're happy, mm-hmm. then things are great. And well, that's never been anyone's metric for success. Right. And yet it's so easy to make that a metric of right. success mm-hmm. that uh, the people whose opinion I care about most, if they're happy, then I'm doing a great job. Right. Or the boss's child, which is always <laughs> rare. <you> go. <laughs> Does he like it? Great. Job secure, yeah, or, or job he doesn't, and even though everybody else does, or she right. doesn't, um, that can be tough. Not so, that I've I mean, ever experienced that. It's like with anything; it's it's whatever your bullseye is is going to determine where you shoot the most. And if mm-hmm. you're shooting at a wrong bullseye, it, you might hit it, but hitting right. a wrong bullseye might be the worst thing you can do for your ministry. Right. right. Well, I can increase attendance by serving free beer. So right, there's right. a classic <laughs> example. That will work. And have you tried that? I no. will that's do everything here. short of Beer Bash 2017. <laughs> I guess that's crossed the line then. Man, we drinking. set records. It was yes. unbelievable. Record setting. So what are some other ways to measure success? If it's not just an attendance on a weekly basis, what would be some of other methods to judge that you all are You mean are like the right ones? Is this what you're asking or, for? Or just yeah. more wrong or, ones? <laughs> both. 
if it's not just an attendance on a weekly basis? Are you measuring, um, you know, the number of students serving? Are you measuring right. the number of students who are involved? Well, in like what are we measuring trip? for? Like, what is right. the bullseye? What are we trying to, to get at? I mean, what's the bullseye for students? Yeah, I think in the end of the day, we're going for life change. We want students yeah. to right. come alive and be changed. Transformation is hard Jesus. to measure. It is hard to measure. <laughs> yeah. I think of it in two categories, though. I mean, if you're going to say what is our measure of success, we should probably let Jesus define it. Right. Um, and Good I think answer. two big definitions of success for him were, on one hand, things like, I didn't come for the righteous, but for the unrighteous. I didn't you know, come mm-hmm. for the, the healthy, but the, the sick are the ones who need a doctor. Mm-hmm. That's on one hand. And on the other hand, you have this huge priority of he's raised up disciples and sent them out. I want you to go make disciples of all mm-hmm. nations. And so to me, just at the like high, high, high level of view, like our measure of success ought to be somewhere in the vein of we're seeing an increased number of unrighteous and unhealthy people coming to Jesus. Right. And we're seeing an increased number of students um, who are becoming fruit producing disciples. I mean, I think those are both big categories yeah. that if you wanted to see what Jesus's measure of success was, well, that's what he focused on. Yeah. That's good. I that's general. I mean, you need to take it more specific into strategy and stuff. No, I think, but I think those are reflections of people taking steps towards right. Jesus and people growing in their faith. And so one, somebody who's outside who takes a step towards Jesus, I mean, they don't even, mm-hmm. they can te- take a step towards Jesus. This might get us in trouble, but I don't think it will. If they can take a step towards Jesus and not accept him yet. Like, yeah, they absolutely. can just try something. Oh, well, 100%. <clears throat> not long ago, a girl in my small group said after decision night, I'm not there yet, but I'm thinking about it for the first time. And I thought that yep. was a huge yeah. win right. for well, her. That seems like that would be a positive for having a small group <clears throat> focused ministry because you can have your small group leaders really be focused on their few and they can measure, you know, you've got this Mm -hmm. girl who's, that's one step for her, but you've got another girl who's been going to church her whole life. And so a step is going to look different for her. So we talk about sometimes we've got to look at students on the spectrum of belief and behavior that the measurement's going to be different where they are, but small group leaders are going to be helpful in engaging that. That is an interesting thing because um, I was reading recently about People are trying to calculate or basically what we're asking for is what's your batting average or, you know, right. what's that, yeah. you know, and they were trying to calculate the effect. It was a study about CEOs, these high price mm-hmm. CEOs. They would never do a study like this for Sunday school or, or small group <laughs> because there's not a ton of money, but they were looking at, are these high priced CEOs actually worth it? And they were trying to put numbers to it. And eventually they just gave up and said, you cannot calculate the effect somebody has on a culture or a business like that. Mm. And they use the term metric black hole. And I was like, that really helped me understand really trying to measure faith. I was like, that's a metric black hole for the individual. Yeah. Because as you just said, Sarah, every single kid's in a different place. Mm -hmm. And so I I just, I got my pen and on my whiteboard in my office at home, I just wrote, um, the single best measurement of a kid's spiritual growth is a hunch by some a person. That's I, good. And it's got to be someone close, yeah. you know? Yeah. And um, it's got to be someone close. So again, that small group-based ministry that we've given them, yeah. you know, a, a ratio that's possible, small group, not 40 kids, small group, right. like 10 kids, or there's two adults with, a, you know, whatever that is. To me, that's what we should yeah. measure. We should measure those things so that... We can get accurate hunches. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think the one metric, in my opinion, is not 
simply attendance, but it's students who are engaged in a mm-hmm. small group. And I think that's for a reason. It's not because big churches started doing it or someone famous started a small mm-hmm. group model and changed the name from Sunday school to, to small group. Right. <clears throat> the reason is, I think so, at some point you got to ask your question, the question, why did Jesus, with the limited time he had, make the centerpiece of his movement a small group? Mm-hmm. And I think the reasoning behind that is because no matter where somebody is when you find them, if they're going to take steps towards Jesus, what is it going to take to do that? It's very simple. It's influence. Right. That's what mm-hmm. it takes. It's not a song. It's not a compelling talk. It's not persuasion. It's not cool. It's not popularity. Those things fade. They only last for a little right. while. Influence is what actually makes people take steps towards Jesus. Influence only happens through what? Relationships, right? right? And so right. Yeah. relationships over time equals influence, which equals spiritual growth in whatever form it happens to show up in, this right. metric black hole that you're referring to. So that is why I believe even Jesus himself, who had all the power at his disposal, all the wisdom at his disposal, he's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do a small group because that's going to be right. the most effective thing that I can do to launch the church movement. I, that is why right. small groups in the end of the day probably need to be your number one metric. If there is a measurable, it's not how many were in my big room, how many heard me talk, how many liked my talk, how many... Walked res- down front and Walked down right. front or whatever, That's which are all great Good things. Right. Right. In the end of the day, it's how many students do I have, not just like on a roll in a small group, like right. engaged in a relationship that's leading to influence because influence is your, you, you live and die by it. Right. Well, you, and you're a student pastor. So do you feel that tension sometimes with, you've got students who are involved in a small group, but they can't necessarily make it on a Sunday evening. So that, that they're probably growing spiritually, but they're not necessarily showing up in the building to be right. there well, for and, that event. You know, Crystal and Chef can talk to this as well, that uh, attendance patterns and what it means to attend church regularly has just changed. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. not a normal the student comes every week anymore. In fact, more often they're coming two times a month, some yeah. one time a month, especially with split families if one lives a right. little further away. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is the week I'm with my dad, so I can come. And then one of the two I was with my dad, I was sick. So I was only there right. once a month, but I'm coming regularly. I'm engaged. Right, right. Right. And so to say that showing up in our main environment is the measure of spiritual growth would completely demiss the dynamic that even though they weren't there, they're connected to a girl or a, a, a guy who's a little older than them that was pursuing them even right. the weeks that they weren't there. Right. Mm-hmm. There, were, there was the group me's, there was texts, there was all kinds of relationship and influence being wielded for Jesus and causing growth that mm-hmm. we didn't see as a reflection of you sat in a seat or you sat on a beanbag or whatever in right. your main room. So, yeah. Well, 100%. nobody sees the fact that two weeks ago, one of the girls in my small group FaceTimed in to watch a baptism. Hmm. She wasn't go. counted right. in attendance right. that go. night, but she was there cheering on someone else in her small group. I don't think that's a bad thing. In fact, this yeah. same girl FaceTimed in for small group discussion one night from a music festival. Oh, my oh, God. Wow. So the <laughs> concert's going in the background. She doesn't miss small group. She FaceTimes yeah. in. That's awesome. And I thought, that that's really kind cool. of there a bigger yeah. win. Yeah. yeah. That's really that's cool. Deal. You know, we started checking kids in a few years ago so we could tell not only how many people were here but who was here and mm-hmm. how often they were here and so we looked at that data after about a year of it and we were amazed that the average says they come every other week mm-hmm. is what we assume when we're just counting rosters to attendance but what we found was like there's a very small sliver like three or four percent that come almost all the time Really? And we teach like every kid's in there all the time, don't we? Yeah. And then we found that there was a pretty good chunk that came about half the time. That was, um, but not most, Mm -hmm. that most of our kids came, uh, I think the biggest slice of pie was that they came six to nine times a year. That's it. It was less than once a month. And we were amazed. But if you asked them, they would say they're engaged. Yeah, I come regularly. They're at every event. 
They, you yeah. know, they never miss the events for whatever reason. I mean, because they're a blast, I guess. But and if part of that's their parents are only, you right. know, these are kids that didn't drive. This was a middle school deal. So, right. And that word engagement, I think that's the new word. Yeah, that's different than attendance. Attendance yes. is one thing. Mm-hmm. We're moving more and more to engagement. In fact, when I sit down with um, a group, like a two or three guys that lead a group, that's my question. We actually do do a similar green light, yellow light, red light, or green, yellow, red yeah. categories that... Um, Chef, you used, used to do or still do. And the question isn't, if are they green light on attendance? I'm like saying, are they green light engaged with you mm-hmm. on the group? Because influence is what I want, not attendance. I never right. wanted attendance. I wanted influence. Right. Because that's, mm-hmm. li- that's what changes lives yeah. and brings people alive. Yeah. And so um, to me, that's the new word. I think yeah. you've got to move from an attendance mindset to an engagement mindset. Measure that and measure it by small group. Are they engaged in a small group? But I think it's more than small group, too. I feel like we have to begin to measure a lot of things. So not just attendance and showing up at small group, but what are you doing with your small group? Are you serving somewhere? Right. Like, I I wonder if we have missed out by measuring one thing instead of measuring many things to paint a picture. And I say that because early on when I was a, a teacher, I was trying to figure out how do I measure whether or not a kid has learned Spanish? Because is it vocabulary? Is it grammar? Is it their ability to sound like they know what they're doing? And what it ended up being was all of those things. And to have an accurate picture of, are you moving somewhere? Mm-hmm. I ended up having to measure a lot more things than I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Right. I love that concept, Crystal. I think it's great. It's where and, and while, yeah, I would say I look to small group as if there was only one, that would be it. At the same time, we have really learned in the last couple of years the value of, within our small groups ministry, identifying landmarks along the way, like what you were just saying. Oh, There's cool. multiple things. See, because what we normally look for, what's the big moment we always look for is a catalyst of faith that we measure. It's a, it's the salvation moment, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's a kid accepted Christ. In fact, you, I mean, so many ministries, the report coming out of an event or a night will be, well, how many got saved? Right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so just look at Instagram. Or yeah. Look at Twitter. Instagram. <laughs> and then that's what people advertise, especially yeah. some that are really big on, you know, Instagram. They're like we had 35 saved tonight, you know, whatever, which is awesome. But that's what the they're missing line. is on both sides of that, um, both sides of the spectrum, uh, meaning backing up from salvation and then going right. after salvation. There might be, have been so many more wins happening right. in yep. the room that they weren't even looking for. Like, right. and we could, you know, we could like identify said, them in Crystal, a heartbeat. Like that, I'm, I'm moving there. I'm not there yet with that girl. But I'm in thinking your group. about it. I'm for thinking the first about time. it. Like that's worth celebrating to me more than necessarily a decision. Like showing up, Chef, you just mentioned that a second ago. One of the biggest wins coming out of an event or a night might be that there's a kid that came back for the second time. Yeah. He was invited once, checked that's it out, huge. and then like, holy cow, you're back in the room. Yeah. Yeah. That That's like as big of a party potentially as right. some kid right. came down the aisle or got baptized because you know what? You just... That's a battle to fight is getting right. someone to show up in the room or then getting engaged in a small group, starting to open. When a kid or a girl starts to open up in small group, yeah. that's like Jesus just moved a mountain in yeah. someone's life. I haven't gotten saved yet. There's no like baptism right. story, right? but they're talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huge win. And if leaders aren't looking for that, they may go, well, she hasn't gotten saved yet. You're like, right. no, but do you see what's going on? Influence is leading to... But one thing I love about what you're saying is that it's measured in small group. And I think yeah. as a small group leader... I need help defining where right. those landmarks yeah. are. And it makes me actually rethink what I'm doing this week, like just to begin to measure where are the landmarks with each kid. And I don't know that as ministry leaders, we always do a great job of helping the small group leader know what am I aiming for? Right. Yeah. And how do I know that I'm winning? You know, one thing we got to later on um, just a couple of years ago was we looked at the data of how many kids were coming to the 
our first, uh, we called it on deck mm-hmm. and then how many first time kids were coming mm-hmm. and then how fast was our ministry growing? The reality was our ministry wasn't growing by the number of new kids that were showing up and signing up, coming to the group. So we were losing kids somewhere. Mm-hmm. And what we found is it was really that first 90 days. And so for small group leaders, we were saying, Hey, those first 90 days are so important to get a kid engaged. And so mm-hmm. we started training it differently and, and talking about, make sure you reach out to these kids because if they don't get connected in the first 90 days, not only do they disappear, but because they haven't been connected, we don't notice. Right. And mm-hmm. because the small group leaders, you know, the small group leaders busy, it's Sunday, but to really, you know, put an emphasis on yeah. that first 90 days. Yeah. And then as staff and as pastors, do we know when a new person comes, do we take note of it, write their name down? Do we follow up? Do we have a system? Are we aware? I think that's been a blind spot for mm-hmm. us is realizing, I right. realized too late right. that he or she had not come back. Yeah. Or I got in the game of pursuit mm-hmm. three weeks too late, one week too late, whatever it was, and right. now you had a chance. You missed your chance. We missed it. Yeah. And that happens all the time. Because you can't even remember Well, I, I love names. what you said, Chef, because it... It's, we're focusing on these kinds of intangible things that we're measuring, these little steps that kids are taking along the way. But you're making the point that the data is really teaching you something as well. well it's if you not have all good one data. or the other. Mm-hmm. If right. you have good data. I think that when people ask me what, we should, what should we measure, I said, well, the first thing you do before you measure anything is you have to have an accurate and active roster. Mm-hmm. Like what kids are active in your ministry. And you have to define that, which is a really interesting conversation. Yeah is what does it mean to be active in our ministry? Because the conversation then leads to what does it take for us to take somebody off of that roster? Right. Okay. What What does it take for us to purge them? Which is yeah. such an awful word, mm-hmm. word. <laughs> yeah, but it means, isn't it awful? <laughs> but it's an important conversation because then you're saying, you know, we're stewards of this kid's faith in some, right. not totally, but I mean, mm-hmm. it's a part of, and, and what does it take for us to go, you know what, it's not, we're just going to take them off of our list of things to worry about or people to worry about. Mm -hmm. It's a really good conversation. Like how long do they have to be away? I had this goal and I never could get to it. And this is where small churches are at such an advantage. My goal was I never want to purge a kid without knowing the story. Hmm. You know, I want to know that they moved away. I want to know that they were just, they just are not interested. I want to know. So how can you create a system that you never take a kid off? Because what you don't want to do is just keep the kids on indefinitely mm-hmm. because you're trying to give your small group leaders an active role and you have to give right. them a, you know, um, a realistic job. Um, but at the same time, you know, when, and I, I would never purge them. Actually, I would deactivate them because if mm-hmm. they show back up again, I want to be able to click one yep. button or, yeah. you know, grab that card and be off and running again. So for, here's a practical Thing. I don't know how many churches have a system. Like mm-hmm. a, we have arena, you know, in our right. church, it's like a deal. And so I don't know if everyone has that or not, but one organic thing that we started doing and um, based on what we were just talking about with the red, green, yellow thing is uh, created a Google Doc mm-hmm. for every group that we have. Uh, so obviously this is assuming that you're a groups-based ministry, but I've been meeting with every, the last two years, meeting with every group as a group of leaders. And we have just a Google Doc that they're on and it's got a green category, a yellow mm-hmm. category, and it's got a red and greens are like, man, you're killing it. Look at who you've got. I mean, yeah. in high school, they're engaged. What? You're doing awesome. The yellows yeah. are the ones that it's an engagement thing. Like, I feel like I haven't seen her in a while. All right. Well, then your yellows, they're going to get the best of your time and the best of your pursuit that you have to offer outside of our, yeah. our um, Sunday. Oh, that's and, great. That and then the great. reds are um, 
are, and I love just how you said it, Chef. The Reds are. I'm going to start saying it more that way. But the uh, the Reds are. Why are they red? Is it because you don't know who they are at all? Like you're, you've never even heard right. of the student, or do you think somebody in your group knows them? And if so, I want you to track that down. Like, is there any chance we could re-engage them? And by the way, yeah. we're going to send their parents an email right. this month. So every month now we're doing this, and it's really oh, the biggest awesome. category is the yellows because that right. fluctuates, right? Yeah, yeah, that's but huge. The thing is, I don't want our leaders to realize too late, which I've done this as a leader myself wrong so many times, realizing too late that some dude got his license turned into a yellow. And I waited too late, and then guess what? He's a red now. He doesn't right. come anymore because I didn't realize it. I right. was so busy with all my greens and the life and kids, yeah, yeah. and right. I didn't think about it. So to me, that was something super practical. You don't even have to have, to have software to do that. Google right. Docs can you can just create them, and um, that's been real helpful for us. You know, one thing you want is for every kid to know they're going to be missed. Yeah. So right. if you're not reaching out to them when they're not there, or you haven't figured out right. a way to, you know, just say, "Hey, where were you?" Or, you know, I think a win is. Sorry, I wasn't here tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a text. That's a win because that's, that's a, a kid who said who is relationally connected and knew. Yeah, I mean that's why they that's yeah. why they're gonna show keep showing up. And even if you know showing up in our environments or showing up on Tuesday night, we've got to you know at a coffee shop with a small group leader, we've got to start counting that as a win. And I realize we work for people that may never count it as a right. win. But there's a difference between what we have to report and how we you know, measure our own success in our job. So I had the weirdest job right after college, and I promise this is related. (laughs) My job was that I was a telemarketer for a little while, which is really an an entertaining thing to do in your life. People just hated you sometimes. I know. They did, and it was great. And one of the things that we did was there were there were leads or people that we would call and just hope that they gave us money. But there were also the people who said, Don't call me again. And we wouldn't. And they would go on to a list of don't call me again. And I think they're like the Reds that you were just talking about. Except after a little bit of time, they went on to a special list. <laughs> and that was my job. I was the one employed to call the people who said don't call me oh, again. Oh, that's my terrible. Goodness. Okay, so that might not be legal, <laughs> by the way. Yeah. But what corporation was this for? Yeah. I'm not going to mention we'll that. We'll put you on a voice disguiser. You'd be shocked at how often those people would give me their credit card numbers after wow. saying don't call me again. But I, but it was valued in that in that organization because those people were dollars, and I think right. what would happen in our churches if we decided there was one person whose job it was to call all the reds right. yeah. to make sure that I'm chasing after the reds that I know where they are. I think it would be a great idea. I just wonder because there are no dollars or no right. there's yeah. no glory attached right. to that. It, am I ever gonna get any sort of award as a leader for going after the reds or do I just go after more and more greens? Crystal, that's an amazing point. And here's why it's amazing is because as the youth pastor or the student pastor, who am I most drawn to? Which color? The greens. Yes. I've already got small group leaders who have recruited to go after greens and well, in my opinion, also yellows. I should be the one going after the Reds. Yeah. I should be like, hey, you know what? I'm, I want you to do a little recon for me, but I'm going to take this off your plate. I'm not going to yeah. take them off your roll. I'm going to take it off your plate. I'm going to go after them and then I'll make the decision. I ought to be giving them that service. And sometimes I'm just right there next to them yeah. going like, this green kid is awesome. When the red kid is the one who really needs like the ninja to come in and go, yeah. I'm going to go hard after these families and these kids for your group. I love that, Crystal. Ja- That's so good. Jamie, do you ever find when you're doing the colors that when you've got these like super engaged green kids, do you yeah. ever have, do they ever take it upon themselves to kind of go after the red kids or is, is that really up to the small group leader? That's actually one of the tactics we've been saying a lot recently to our leaders when they're like, 
Jamie, I don't want to not hang out with my green kids. And right. I want, you know, I don't want to just give right. my best and first to the yellows. Right. We say, all right, why don't you grab three green kids and go to the game, the yellow person's game. Yeah. So you can still hang out with them, but partner with them in pursuing girls in your group that are getting disconnected, yeah. guys in your group that are getting busy and you haven't seen in a minute. Um, like, like that's great. That I answers that. a question that I've been trying to figure out for a while, which is what do I do with my spiritually mature kids right. when I'm pouring all of my energy into the ones who are right in their first steps of faith? That's the answer yeah. is partner with them to go after the at risk and the yellow or red kids. That's that That's sounds good. like a whole new podcast. That's a whole <laughs> new podcast. Sounds awesome, but you can't know that unless you're paying attention to that, having the right. data. Right. You see how I brought us back? Um, I love this conversation revolving around these students in these different areas of engagement, but what if you have leadership that isn't on board with measuring success that way? And Chef, you kind of referred to that yeah. a little bit earlier, that what if we have an idea of how we want to measure success, but our boss has a very different right. idea? I don't, I don't think it's a what if. I think it's Most uh, likely. for all of us, <laughs> right. yeah. how do we you know, live in a world where, and, and attendance really is a secondary statistic. Mm -hmm. Like the good news about that is if you do all the important things, attendance should start to move up. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? I mean, mm -hmm. I do think great churches grow, but great churches don't grow because they're focusing on growing. They're, they're being great churches. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. I got to take over a school years ago as the high school principal, which is a Again, a whole podcast worth of stuff. But um, I was asked to help grow this small private school. And it's a terrible business plan because there's this big, beautiful free school down the street. And this <laughs> $10,000 a year small school right here with not near the yeah. amount of stuff. And they were like, you've got to grow it. You've got to grow it. You've got to grow it. Well, the worst thing I could do would be to focus on just growing it. Right. What I needed to focus on was creating a better school that pe more people would want to come to. And mm -hmm. so... Again, attendance would be a secondary statistic that shows that we're having success. So I would say to all of you folks, you need to focus on what's most important because you love your kids and you want them to grow. But you, you also want an amazing ministry where they're sitting there on Sunday afternoon or Wednesday afternoon mm -hmm. trying to decide if they're going to show up tonight. And they're going to show up because they're connected to somebody, a relationship. Someone's going to miss mm -hmm. them. You focus on all those things. And you should, you should have an uptick in attendance. Right. I've heard it said this way. Um, attendance is not success, it is the fruit of success. Mm, so if you are successful week in and week out by prioritizing what's important, creating great relationships of influence, caring for your leaders, creating a not, not just that, but great programming and a great system, and are successful week in and week out, you will then have increasing fruits of success, which is attendance. And if, you're, if your lead, your lead pastor, is really only tracking the fruits of success, Fine. I mean, there might be some room for vision casting and saying, well, hey, here's how I'm approaching it. Here's what I see goes into attendance. Mm -hmm. Here are, you know, if they're only tracking baptisms, say, well, we're also trying to celebrate wins along the way to baptism. Right. And by the way, the wins after baptism, right. yeah. like yeah. life changes, we're not serving. Yeah, yeah. So we're tracking all of that and really trying to be, but at the same time, don't change your strategy. Right. If that's what he or she is measure, measuring. Let them measure that. But you get in the trenches and right. be successful. Right. Don't just try to fake the fruits of success, go actually be successful and it'll come. And your, your student pastor will be happier if you don't join them in just obsessing about one measurement. Right. They're going to get what they want in the end of the day anyway, because success leads to the fruits of success. So, I yeah. love that line. Attendance is not success. It's a fruit of success. That was really good. And I like what you said about you can use those other numbers to communicate to your lead pastor, because I don't think they measure success 
by attendance because they're bad people, but because no. what else, like, do you know what it's else to thing. measure? It's right. It's what do I know is happening in student <laughs> ministry? Well, I know baptisms and salvations are happening. I'll count those. Mm-hmm. But if you show up answering the question, yes, here's how, how many attended. And also, I just want to let you know, here are how many small group leaders were there. Here are how many kids are serving and show them the other right. statistics. I think you have a better case than saying, well, I just don't want to measure attendance. That's not how I measure right, success. Right. right. And really what you're doing is if someone asks you someday, hopefully they do, when they see that your attendance has risen and they ask you how, those are the things that we're actually doing to get, those right. are the important things of your mm-hmm. job. Right. It's, mm-hmm. it's the, what are the things you did? Well, I found great leaders. I found more leaders. I got the ratios down, which was a statistic that I measured in the middle of all of this. I looked at my calendar and made sure that, you know, school events were, you know, being taken into consideration. I looked at when we were losing kids in the 11th grade or 10th grade or wherever it is. And so we focused on that for a season. Those are the things that we've got to measure, even though no one may care until they finally ask us someday. So how did you do it? Right. I mean, it's like, but that's true in so many industries. You make pies. You probably won't. People only care how good your pie tastes, but you're the one obsessing about ingredients and process. And you know what goes into producing that fruit of success. Right. So just be committed to your craft. Yeah. You know what goes into making life change for Jesus' name. And it's not a number that's attendance. So just keep doing, keep yeah. going forward. That's good. Okay, so we've been talking about the wrong things to measure, the right things to measure, engagement, ratios, all these sorts of things. But if you are a youth leader committed to thinking about success in the best way possible, what would you guys start doing next week to make that happen? I think I would decide to measure multiple things and what those things are going to be and then decide who is going to measure it. Because mm-hmm. I've never met a youth worker who didn't care about the data. Yeah. I've met a lot of youth workers who didn't enjoy data collection. Yeah. Right. And I'm one of them. So the truth Amen. is there's somebody in your ministry who loves Excel spreadsheets. Or needs to be in your ministry. Right. I mean, That's you know right. somebody. Yeah. Go yeah. get them. Yeah. Go find them. We, we actually just added someone to our staff here at Orange who is incredible at this shout out to Tyler. Tyler is. was asked to measure Tyler. like a response to something on a survey. And the next thing I know we have charts and graphs and spreadsheets and dashboards because that's how he's wired. Right. And I just think if we find someone in our ministry who's wired like Tyler will be more successful and we don't have to do it. Right. <laughs> and he also dresses really nice. That is also true. <laughs> I always feel a little insecure. <laughs> He's never said that about me, but you know. <laughs> I feel secure around you, Tom. <laughs> I'm just saying I don't. I don't feel secure around me. So, you know. so Jamie, what about you? Ideas? Yeah, I. To me, if there was one big move that I would make as a student pastor, it would be in the name of what we already said, going from attendance mm-hmm. to engagement, attendance mm-hmm. to engagement, and um, map out what Crystal just said. What does engagement look like? And to do that, here's an exercise I would recommend. We've done it, and it resulted in something super, super valuable for us. And I think it would be super valuable for you with your volunteers and with your lead pastor who might just be looking at attendance or just baptisms. And here's the exercise. Uh, take a page, you know, horizontal and write salvation. Mm-hmm. And, or be that a decision or baptism, however your church measures that. Write it in the middle, circle it. And then identify what are the wins and the battles that you got to fight before that. Mm-hmm. I would propose... Showing up is one of them. Mm-hmm. I would propose engaging is one of them, meaning in group. Mm-hmm. And then what are the goals and landmarks that you have after that? I would propose life change, like students that are saved, they begin to start changing how they approach sex or friends or authority or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
And then another one beyond that, I'd probably propose would be serving and, you know, leadership, multiplying your personal ministry. Right. So Mm -hmm. that's just to name a few. But what we did was we mapped out, um, we mapped out basically it's a discipleship plan. It's like, what are the wins along the way? Because it's not just salvation. There's a whole lot that goes into even getting a student there to begin with. And then there's a whole lot more that Jesus is excited about after that. Right. And so being able to map those out and then say, here's our plan for doing that. Right. Um, ours is called the up plan. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's, uh, so we just have show up, open up, grow up, and step up. And salvation might happen anywhere in there. Yeah. But um, what it's done is it's created a map for us. It's a created a map for our leaders, for every single student in their group. I kind of know where they are in this chart. Right. And I'm not just looking for a baptism. And right. I'm not just looking for a decision moment. I'm like, I'm celebrating when someone just shows up freshman year, like, holy cow. Yeah. Um, I always know what's next as well. And by the way, with your lead, you know, your lead pastor, being able to go and say, hey, hey, I know this number is most important, but let me show you some other things that are happening yeah. in our ministry that we've identified that are, are key ingredients. And by the way, we have some metrics on them. Yeah. You know, we've got this number many first timers. We have this many students serving. And this is like change from last year. Isn't that incredible? People, students are growing in the relationship with Jesus. But anyway, that's what I would do. I would say map out what, map out the landmarks of what a win looks yeah. like in small group as you're trying to get yeah. students engaged. It's going to help your leaders. It's going to give you more influence with your lead pastor, I think. Love I love that. it. I love it. I think my final tip would be to be smarter than the statistics. Like mm-hmm. they are trends or they are ideas or they are, they are things that happen. Like I said, if we just focus on attendance, it tells us more about weather and the month of the year than yeah. anything. But if you focus on what attendance was last year or you just need great data so you can ask great questions. Right. And good. this is less, Jamie, what you're talking about really is on the micro scale per kid um, I'm maybe talking a little bit more on the macro scale, yeah. like your student ministry strategy. Mm-hmm. Great data allows you to ask great questions. Yeah. And so the the better you are at that, and Crystal, I think your tip is maybe the best practical thing you do right now is go find someone to keep it and to keep it long term. So to look at what was the, you know, how big were we last year in August, the week after school started or right. September, wherever you are in the country and when school starts for you. But, and then you look at it the next year, that will really tell you something. But even you could, if you also know that you graduated 30 seniors and you only brought in 10 ninth graders, you may have, you may have lost in attendance, but actually gained an influence. So, I mean, it's just, Mm. you've, the better your data is, you've got to be smarter Mm. than your data and, and just really use it. Love that. Of course, you don't want to use influence ever as an excuse for declining numbers. (laughs) Like we said... Numbers matter yes, because people count. So it's important, yeah. but it's just not the, the thing. thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. One more thing. Uh, those two exercises I talked about, the green, yellow, red thing that we're doing with our small groups, yes. and then the engagement plan that we have, the up plan. Mm-hmm. I have examples of those, so I will throw those up on my Instagram bio. Right. Yeah. And so if you want to follow me at jamied82, uh, my name's spelled weird, so it's jameyd eighty. To, it'll be in the bio and Instagram, link in there. Instagram, and we'll link to that in our show notes as well. Yeah, perfect. Cool. Great. And you can unfollow me like literally the next second if you want. It's not about that. I just want to make it available. <laughs> it's not about the numbers, <laughs> right? No, it's not. It's not. Okay. It's about the growth. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, thanks so much for uh, sitting around the table today and just having this conversation. I feel like this was super insightful. And thank you, everyone, for listening and for joining us for today's Rethinking Youth Ministry podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd love for you to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps us make this podcast better. 
And finally, for more great resources, to check out the show notes for this episode and to learn more about the student curriculum and strategy we're all part of at Orange, visit our website, rethinkingym.org. Until next time, I'm Sarah. I'm Crystal. I'm Jamie. And I'm Chef. And thank you for listening. Thank you.